Yes, hi, hello! Welcome to Gooncast. I am James, also known as Saber0307 on Twitch. And I am once again joined by the goons, Cat and Lee. Hell yeah. I'm Cat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. Um, QA tester by day, uh, artist, writer, streamer by night. What it is, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. Uh, writer and the video editor for some of Saber's channel. Yeah. And yeah. my goodness, do I love me some David Lynch? My goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad we could finally get together and talk about the return because uh, it's been a while since we finished it. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while since we, we talked about the first two seasons in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited. Because uh, I think there's there's a lot to chew on for this one. Yeah, and, uh, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I don't even know how the fuck we're gonna start. <laughs> um, well, I'm hoping you can take the lead because I also have no idea how we're starting. Well, yeah, this you're the ringmaster of this fuck circus. <laughs> so this is your fault, Jam. It is. It is absolutely my fault. So as a brief, you know, recap, uh, Twin Peaks premiered in the the, uh, early 90s, and after two seasons, uh, it was canceled by ABC, uh, primarily due to a low viewership that stemmed from ABC kind of fucking with stuff, and and the writers not knowing what to do, and, and how to follow that up, and all that fun shit. Uh, and then David Lynch made a Twin Peaks movie, and it pissed everybody off because it was a prequel that also kind of had sequel elements. Uh, and that was the last of Twin Peaks, and everybody was like, oh, well, you know, we're never going to get Twin Peaks. And, you know, you'd have people talk about unsatisfying endings, and, you know, people, like, be, you know, bring up Lost or, or The Sopranos or... Or whatever, and you know, Twin Peaks fans would be like, "You shut your whore mouth. At least you got some form of fucking resolution." We, yeah, we just we just have fucking goddamn Dale Cooper asking how's Annie, <laughs> and he's like clearly possessed by Bob. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then David Lynch came out of filmmaking retirement and somehow convinced Showtime to shut let up. him make Doonball. eighteen episodes of madness uh and it aired in 2017 uh i had previously watched the first eight or so episodes of of the return as it aired uh and then as cat can attest to we we kind of got wrapped up in in work so i kind of yeah uh let it fall by the wayside and uh well especially since you were telling me that you got up to that fucking episode yes which we're going to definitely talk about that um, fucking episode and uh, that i think is enough of a mind fuck for anyone to be like okay. yeah I, I need i need i need i need to watch this at a later date when i'm not yes. exhausted from work uh yes. and then yeah, that that wound up being now because i i finally conned cat and lee into watching the first two seasons of twin peaks <laughs> and the movie and i was like well mm-hmm. we might as well go on and enjoy the ride <laughs> Yeah, some bribes exchanged hands, <laughs> but uh, we were we were finally broken. And you know, I'm 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 glad all things considered. You know, yeah. it, 
it wound up being a very engaging series. Um, For sure. One of those one of those great instances where the hype did not blow it out of proportion because, well, I don't I don't really think it's possible to blow Twin Peaks out of proportion because no matter what explanation you get about the series, it it's probably accurate Mm -hmm. of like, oh, it is just as insane as everyone says is a true statement. Yeah. And at the same time, oh, it's not as crazy as everyone says, is also somehow a true statement. <laughs> yeah. He, there is, he there's really no way you're that, not getting it delivered. Yeah, he really rides that fine line of it being so, like, there's so many moments that are so down to earth and so just like, you know, Lucy and Andy arguing about what chair to buy it's in so like wholesome. the sweetest scene of all time. And then you have... It just what everything happening in the Black Lodge and the White Lodge and just oof and e- Evil Cooper and yeah uh, just David Bowie being a tea kettle <laughs> uh, and yes, folks, for those of you listening who haven't watched any Twin Peaks, this is all shit that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, David, David Bowie is a tea, tea kettle. kettle. We're we're gonna say that this is a spoiler cast. But it absolutely honestly, it's I'm, impossible. I'm kind of like, even even if you are spoiled on something, the complete lack of context that we're going to provide will still make it entirely fresh when you see it. Yeah, like you, you know, when I say, "Oh yeah, the arm turned into a brain tree," you'll be like, "What? How dare you spoil that for me? You have no idea what I'm talking about," <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you won't yet. <laughs> you don't. When when, yeah. when we tell you David Bowie's a tea kettle, you're like, "What? That?" <laughs> okay and then you know you get to the episode and it's like oh what's up it's it's david bowie and he's oh well well, yeah well this this showtime series like i don't know it kind of got weirder than the original series you mean the series where the asian girl turned into a doorknob (laughs) i uh, i'll do this all day (laughs) i mean yeah yeah or uh well i miss her i wish she or or you mean you mean the scene where the the kid magically had cream corn in his hand God, yes. Cat's favorite. Where was where was my cream corn? The That's return. True. That's true. I I, I, well, I demand answers. <laughs> I, I did read that. Uh, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I guess apparently, uh, if there was a season three, part of the plan from the writers at the time was that the Bob came from a planet made of cream corn. And I'm like, all right, yeah, Brilliant. sure, checks out. Why not? Yeah, no, that's absolutely that's. No, that checks out, yeah. I, I don't know how much of that is still canon, because time is a flat circle, and, and David, I, Lynch I is, <laughs> David Lynch has <laughs> made something that's not quite television and not quite a movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really weird. It's, well, that's, it's great. That's the beauty of it, is that not only did Showtime greenlight him for 18 episodes, they greenlit him for 18 hour-long episodes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is 18 fucking hours of whatever David Lynch wanted to do. David Lynch wants to... terrifying. Yeah, David Lynch wants to spend five minutes on a dude... that much power. (laughs) David Lynch wants to spend five minutes on a dude sweeping the floor... While fucking licensed music plays, you bet your ass you're going to get it. See, see, that's the thing. 
that's a spoiler and yet <laughs> and yet people are gonna be like that's there's no way that happens it does mm-hmm. yeah i could tell you someone gets a hulk hand and beats the shit out of a rape sphere at the end that's literally the finale <laughs> punches the rape sphere directly into hell <laughs> well it's it's not quite the finale it's because we oh, have yeah, it's the oh we'll get to there episode, right yeah. we'll get there the finale yeah, is its own on that the finale yeah, is I its mean, own it's the, it's the finale and then everything afterwards is the epilogue right kind of well clears nothing of. up <laughs> well one thing i wanted to hit early because james already touched on it is mm-hmm. really we're seeing what happened with twin peaks happen a lot with more and more series as time goes on and nostalgia grows more powerful we're seeing a lot of series get rejuvenated you know 15 plus years after their initial end date um, yeah, and I I did a little I did a little thinking a little chewing on, uh, on what some of these series or or film franchises were, and the number that strike out and completely drop the ball is so much higher than ones that succeed. And Twin Peaks has the rare distinction of being one of those series that succeeds twenty five years later. Yeah, the I, only other one I could really think of was Doctor Who who had 16 years between the ending of the eighth season, I believe, and when Eccleston took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that show is concerned so much with different realities and shit that, yeah. you know, it kind of works. But I mean, like, I look mean... at Full House. 21 years between Full House and Fuller House. Yeah. What were we expecting? Star yeah. Wars. 32 years between trilogies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for 25 years what? to... I'd say another exception would also be Fury Road, where... Oh, that's a good one. I I think a big distinction with, like, with Twin Peaks and Fury Road and probably Doctor Who as well, is that they are passion projects. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, Twin Peaks would not have happened unless David Lynch wanted it to happen. Yeah, whereas whereas Star Wars... uh, I mean, the prequels certainly were... <clears throat> passion of sorts um sure <laughs> but the you know the the most modern trilogy uh is definitely disney yeah grabbing their their slice of the pie so to speak and um and fuller house and, that's so beloved <laughs> yeah and, and like fuller house and like the boy meets world sequel or, or whatever like all that shit oh, feels like I forgot about that. Like cynical, <laughs> like it feels oh. like cynical nostalgia bait. At least for me, anyway. I think they were they were also trying to make a Lizzie McGuire sequel. I think so, yeah. And 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 specifically, I think the actress like turned it down, or like I remember reading because they wanted to make it, you know, like her in her thirties as like a fashion designer or something like that, but. They wanted it to be completely like sanitized and sexless, and and like, you know, uh, what Hillary Duff? Yeah, Hillary right? Duff. Mm-hmm. Hillary Duff herself was like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's thirty. <laughs> what on earth are you thinking? Like, she can't be Barbie. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, like it. It doesn't have no. to be uh, live action Powerpuff Girls. But, you beat me oh, to it. Oh, you beat me oh, to it. But, I was just about to say. Oh my god! But like it, you know, it still could, should be if matured. We get, if we could get a copy of that script, that would be a super fun, uh, you know, like corpse party esque 
Oh my all of us God. reading. Like, uh, each of us will be one of the reading. girls. It'll it'll yes. be super fun until I get sued. Oh yeah, you're right. But I've, Actually, I've, I don't know. There are, we there could are we could do it for the Discord. It. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are YouTubers who've done it, and I'm not sure if they've gotten it like taken down yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think passion is the big distinction. Yes, for right. sure. And I think, I think Lynch too is just such a. You know, he he like defies convention while simultaneously adhering to it in many ways. Yeah. Um, so you know, like he's making a TV show, uh, but you know, doing it through the lens of all of his movie ex- all of his film experience, all of his movie and, and you know, his his bizarre short films that are obviously also hugely inspirational and weird and out there. Um yeah, you know, I was, uh, like, as we were watching that fucking episode, yeah. um, I was getting a lot of um, vibes from a lot of stuff I used to watch. Because I used to, you know, like, I, I majored in animation in college, um, and a lot of what we would watch would be very weird experimental animations from, like, the 70s, 60s, especially in Eastern Europe. They were doing some really wild things with stop motion, and I was I was getting pretty heavy vibes of that from from lynch and that's the kind of stuff where i'm like yeah yeah because you're you're trying to say something and you're not necessarily spelling out what you're saying for the audience you're just kind of trusting that they will you know part of it is i i almost hesitate to like talk super in depth about like oh like the meaning behind everything in twin peaks because it's really more about the experience for me yeah it's it's like as as uh as as Jay was mentioning, you know, like that four-hour video of every, you know, Twin Peaks explained or whatever. It's like fuck, yeah. fuck all that. I don't, I don't want it explained. I mean, I, I, I do and I don't. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. somebody like trying to pick apart like the symbolism uh, and be like, this is my theory, but I'm stating it as fact. It's like, yes, it's it's. I'm, I'm super interested in hearing like what you guys like what your interpretations are like obviously we're going to talk a little bit about our interpretations of various things or about theories that are out there but yeah pinning them down as fact when you're not mark frost or david lynch yeah i kind of think that defeats the point a little bit yeah i i don't think twin peaks is supposed to leave you with answers to the questions um i I think that's evidenced by the finale too (laughs) It, it's very it's very much about the road trip. It's about mm-hmm. the journey that it takes to get to its destination. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Twin Peaks at its heart, yes, it has, you know, it has this murder mystery as a backdrop plot in the um in the original run. and it has the the mission to stop the Black Lodge and Evil Cooper in uh, in the return. Mm-hmm. But Twin Peaks is all about its characters. It's just a character analysis. Mm-hmm. You know, the plot keeps everything moving, but it's about the situations that these characters are getting into, the way they handle them, the way they interact with each other. That's what Twin Peaks is about. Um, and that's one of the things that I had to get over when we finished The Return, and I felt dissatisfied with the ending. I shouldn't say dissatisfied. I should say frustrated. Um, yeah. Because it was in its own macabre way satisfying. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. I, I, I think that that the sort of sort of in a way similar to Breaking Bad, I feel like the penultimate episode felt to me like a that was the bow on the 
the returns story. Yeah. Right. And then everything that fell off after that was just it was like more. And and I really want to talk about the the ending because I feel like all of us have some really good insights or thoughts or vibes from it, but like I have no answers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I have no answers. It's like I I can tell you what my reaction was to the ending, and I'm pretty sure that we all had the same reaction, which was that that fucker Lynch did it again. <laughs> you can't keep getting away with it. Um, but I'm glad he did it again and 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 yeah. got away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in in any other series, the penultimate episode is how it would have ended. Yeah. Yes. Oh, any yes, other 100%. series that would have been it. But oh, then Lynch, yeah. being Lynch, the sadistic fuck he is, he he loves he loves to keep us guessing. He loves to challenge the creativity of the audience. Mm-hmm. Um. He likes to to challenge us to think, you know, it, to think in ways that other television doesn't really condition you to think. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he, he loves that shit. He, he 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 loves winding us up, and he loves Laura Dern. Those are the two <laughs> things in life that Lynch yeah. really fucking digs. Yes. And coffee but, and cigarettes. Yeah. I I still I still am standing by that Diane is the name of the tape recorder. Um, I know there is a Diane now. For real, that is Laura Dern, but uh, and, and my y'all were canon is my head cannon. <laughs> y- y'all, y'all were so happy that it was Laura Dern. <laughs> oh yes, it I mean, couldn't have been anyone else. She's brilliant. Yeah, but uh... if anyone else walked on screen and said, "Oh," and someone says to them, "Oh, Diane, you're here," and it's not Laura Dern, my first thought wouldn't be, "Oh my God, how did they not cast Laura Dern?" My thought would be. That's not Diane. Mm-hmm. Sure, I would think immediately it was a pl- it was it was a plot point of like no because Diane has to be Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, it it it's especially just given Lynch and, and and Laura Dern's history and everything like that. I I think the only other actress who I could see, uh, just from Lynch's back catalog, would have been maybe Naomi Watts, even though they don't have quite as long as a history as with oh. Laura Dern. But right. we you also mean, got Naomi Watts anyway as Diane's yeah, sister. Mean... <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that they were related. Yeah. You mean uh Jane E, yeah, Jane... president and co-founder of the Girl There's Something Wrong with Your Man, Don't Just Be Horny About It Club? Well, she she did precisely. <laughs> she only got horny later. <laughs> she was so sick of his shit throughout most of that goddamn season. Look, I'm I'm starting this club, so there are two members so far, and I'm gonna keep adding to it. <laughs> Who's the other member? Uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> oh, okay. You uh, know already. I don't remember. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave, leave it as a leave it, I'm gonna leave it as a tease for the audience. <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, like like don't... David Lynch, you won't get all of the answers. Oh oh shit. <laughs> well. Why don't we do this? Um, because uh, I, I know that some of the people listening might just be fans of the streams and uh, maybe not fans of Twin Peaks. And also, I just really want to hear James do it. And so, James, for the viewers out there, please explain what Dougie <laughs> is and oh why God. Dougie is important to this story. All right. Dougie Jones. All right. Uh, so. Oh. So. 
we have to go back a little bit so at the end of uh, uh, Twin Peaks Season 2, uh, as Cooper is trying to escape the Black Lodge after, conf- after saving Annie and confronting Wyndham Earl, uh, Cooper is chased by a doppelganger of Cooper, Evil Cooper. Uh, we will just, as the show calls him it, we'll just call him Mr. C. And the, uh, the last shot of the Black Lodge in the finale of season two is Mr. C grabbing Cooper. The screen fades to white. Uh, Next time we see Cooper, he's outside the Black Lodge with Annie. He seems a little fucked up, but we don't necessarily think too much of it immediately because it's it's the Black Lodge, man. It's, it's a weird, wild, wacky place. Uh, And then, then in the last like minute or two of, um, of, of, of the, uh, <laughs> of of the episode, we realize that Mr. C, along with Bob, are the ones who escaped the Black Lodge, and that Cooper is still trapped in the Black Lodge. Uh, now, Mr. C, apparently due to the weird and wild rules of the back Black Lodge, is going to be sucked back in there in 25 years. Um, and Cooper will come back out, and Mr. C... Uh, we'll, 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 we'll get sucked back in, and Mr. C doesn't want that because he wants to continue being a, a right prick uh, and doing shady, evil, heinously violent and vile fucking things. So he creates a tulpa, which is, I guess, like an, another type of doppelganger or artificial person or whatever, of himself slash Cooper, and that is Dougie Jones, uh, drum roll, please. Uh, so the idea is that when the Black Lodge comes to try to take Mr. C and swap him with Cooper, it will instead take Dougie Jones and swap Dougie Jones with Cooper, leaving Cooper with some weird fucked up memory shenanigans where he's basically, his brain is just fried completely um and that happens and we're spent with cooper basically you know or the glorious return of best boy special agent dale cooper uh and and for the first the first 16 episodes of uh of 18 episodes uh cooper's mind is completely fried uh and he's really only able to uh, say his name, uh, like a Pokemon or some shit. Uh, and a he's hand able to like repeat simple words. Repeat simple parent. words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all the while, age, uh, Mr. C is sending various assassins to try to kill Cooper uh, because he knows that if Cooper regains his senses and shit, Cooper will be able to foil his plan. But uh. The shenanigans of the White Lodge or Black Lodge or, or something are, are helping out Mr. S- or helping out Cooper and Cooper, despite being basically a potato, uh, is still a massive force of good and a positive impact in basically everybody's lives around him. And it's simultaneously in, infuriating, at least on your first viewing. Uh, for me, I, I've had... I, I know it was infuriating for, for Kat and Lee. Uh, 
for me, I've, I've had four years to come to terms with the fact that uh, it was going to be a while before we got Cooper back. Uh, so I've, I've grown to like Dougie, uh, but it's also, it's also heartwarming, I, I think, especially with some of the scenes that we see later on where we, we find out that, like, the, the old lady, like, in the first time we, we see Cooper as, as Dougie uh, winning all that goddamn money, and there's this clearly homeless lady gambling at the slot machines, and he points to a couple, and she uses them, and she wins money, and we, we get a later scene of, of her wearing fancy clothes at a restaurant, and she, she, bumps, into Mr. S- she bumps into Cooper, and is like, oh, hey, you know, you, you, you help me, you, you help me get out of my financial spot, and, and this is my son, and I owe you, like, like I've been able yeah, to like return my life around. Because she was no longer homeless. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's super wholesome and, and sweet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and meanwhile, Tom Sizemore is, is like a piece of shit, as he is in most movies or television shows. And just the sheer innocence of, of Cooper gets him to basically repent and confess that he's been fucking over the company that he's been working at. Uh, <laughs> That's right. His, and, his... and also, also to add to that, Dougie Jones pre Black Lodge Cooper. Oh, he's a was piece of shit. Asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole cheating on Naomi Watts. Why would yeah, you do that? A total dick. Oh, and uh, also you forgot to mention that Cooper came back. Uh, oh yeah. The world via an electrical outlet. Yeah. His yeah. electricity is a big thing in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and, and or like we, we have these two clear fucking mobster characters played, oh my God. played, by, played by Jim Belushi. By, uh, yeah, Jim Belushi and Robert Nepper from Prison Break. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And actually that's one of the really another cool real quick, another cool thing about this series is just the sheer amount of like famous actors yes. who are like, sign me up for that David like, Lynch. Get me project. in on that Twin Peaks shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, and like, I, I'm not the biggest Jim Belushi fan because he's mostly in kind of garbage, but he was so good in this. Yeah. And, and he, like... He, he and, oh. and Rob Nepper had a really, had really good chemistry. They, they really did. And yeah. they're clearly, like, vicious mobster types who, yeah. who then, through the kindness and wholesomeness of Dougie Jones, kind of become better people. <laughs> yeah they really do it's they're like helping him out at the end yeah oh. they're bending that not just helping him out bending over backwards dropping everything that they're doing to help <laughs> out Dougie. across the country oh and not just fly him across the country but go with him to some random yeah. twin peak sheriff's department <laughs> it's it's so silly and lynchian and 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 wholesome and i love it i love it it's god damn that's just the the entire the entire structure of it like to someone who hasn't watched it must sound completely alien i mean that's just the end plot you well you bring you bring back a a 25 year old series with the original cast as their original characters theoretically (laughs) and your protagonist from the first series is essentially reduced to being a completely new character who has limited two to no mental characters. capabilities. <laughs> yeah, t- two characters. 
And yeah, and that's well, yes, I, I think that was part of the frustration was that um you know, we we all loved Cooper in the original series because he was so smart and so kind of like unconventional in his methods. Um that it you know, it was you were just kind of like waiting for that to snap back to him. Yep. And it took 16 episodes. <laughs> Cuz Lynch is going to Lynch. Yeah. The effects the effects of Cooper were the same because yes. Cooper as a character in the first series enriched everyone's lives around him. Really unless did. you were a criminal in which case he was the long dick of the law. Mm-hmm. Um and that carried over into his Dougie incarnation but without him really trying to. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he still just kind of meandered through through day-to-day life. It was just like his 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 aura. His, yeah, exactly. His being was enough to kind of have a really positive impact, which is, you know, why you see, like, Janie and the mobsters and all, all the people around him, uh, you know, kind of do, doing better. And it's, yeah. it's something that's, like, it's very weird. And it would be very weird um, for, you know, the wife to have her, su- her husband suddenly be a totally different person. But this is... This is a Lynch project, <laughs> so it's not even treated as weird. Like she just is, she just rolls with it completely. I mean, she she she, she kind of mentions it, and it's it is brought up. People do notice that he up, is, but not to the not to the extent that you would expect. Yeah, for, it's it's not you know, the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, it's not a body swap movie, so it's not that's not the like point of it. But you know, it's 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 just like there's clearly something off with him. And she mostly doesn't notice. <laughs> it, it, it really feels as though she's just like, I'm so sick of your shit. You keep mm-hmm. doing this sort of shit. Uh, yeah. and, and I kind of love Naomi Watts' character for that because she's such... She, she's so over Dougie shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I love that scene where, where she's confronting the loan sharks. And, and they're like, oh, you know, you know, your husband borrowed this amount of money. You owe us now this amount of money. And she just mm-hmm. bullies them <laughs> into like no, mercilessly. I'm I'm not giving you that. And like they try to like take her money from her. It's like well, you know where do you get off? How rude! And the mobsters are, or the, the loan sharks are just like nobody's ever done this this to us before. I, I guess we'll just roll with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I lo- God, I love so many characters in in this new run. Yeah, and I think the I think the start of the show is um very strong in my opinion because i think um there's like active callbacks or call outs rather to shows that are that have subsequently been influenced by twin peaks yeah like those first couple episodes where it's it's the murder mystery um with uh shaggy Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Thank you. <laughs> with with Matthew Lillard and uh, the the librarian who uh, has had her head transposed onto the body of General Briggs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Major, yeah, Major Briggs. Where, and he hasn't aged at all since we last. Like he's dead, obviously, but he hasn't aged at all since uh, he was killed in the in the forest by the by Evil Coop light or, yeah. or whatever. Um. Yeah, and uh, that that initial murder mystery bit was was so reminiscent of you know murder mystery shows of today, like The Killing and things of that ilk that 
have subsequently have like subsequently been influenced by Twin Peaks yeah. very obviously. Yeah. Um so that was kind of cool that like Lynch kind of acknowledged like a little tip to the hat of like I I I see you guys appreciating my work. Yeah. I appreciate you right back. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and like like you said earlier of just the cast is so strong. Like Oh my god, yeah, let's let's dig into that. Like Fucking... Matthew Lillard is is mm-hmm. is great. Jim Belushi, um mm-hmm. Michael Sarah shows up for an episode doing the weirdest shit of just impersonating Marlon Brando for so a whole scene weird. as Robert Forster's deadpan. Yeah, he he is playing Lucy and Andy's son, um, which is just adorable casting. Um, and I was I was like mildly disappointed because I was kind of hoping for more of them interacting in the in the. Um, in, in the in the scene that we got with them yeah but it was it was yeah it was mostly robert forrester just being like please leave yeah weird child and 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 of course as we just mentioned too robert forrester's new to twin peaks and and he's just yes. wonderful oh. as always absolutely brilliant yes he's he's taken over as the sheriff because one of the few cast members who didn't come back was the original uh, sheriff of Twin Peaks. James, do you remember his name by chance? Uh, Michael Otenkin, I believe is the actor's name. Uh, as far as I'm aware, the, the the rumor mill, like nobody's entirely sure, but the rumor mill is that Michael Otenkin, uh, Harry Truman's actor, uh, is not doing too well health-wise, um, and that like he kind of turned down the role because of that Mm. and that's why lynch incorporated like the fact that harry is is sick yeah Um, right which which to speak then on on returning cast like that's totally understandable to not yeah want to continue for for your health and like you know like props you know props to him and stuff that uh you know and hopefully he is he is doing okay kind yeah, of thing yeah. um but and then you know, on that then note on, the, on the, uh, yeah on the other side we have uh the log lady returning um and, and giving one of the most emotional uh, or like or like all of her scenes are incredibly emotional um because she talks about you know death being a step in the journey and stuff like that and it's she's literally having these lines of dialogue two or three days before her own actual death yeah it, oh, it's, and it's it's heartbreaking. It, it's it's <laughs> heartbreaking, and it speaks volumes of her love of Lynch and working yes. with Lynch. The fact mm-hmm. that she was willing to come back in the state that she was in and deliver lines mm-hmm. like that, like it's mm-hmm. it's it it's super impressive and and heart wrenching and and sad and god damn it's. Yeah. I, I I feel like a lot of people throw the word brave around in headlines these days as like yeah. an attention grabber, <laughs> but that was an incredibly brave performance. Yeah. To know exactly. that you're dying and to know that your character is going to complete is to going to own that in the same way that you are mm-hmm. and to have dialogue specifically telling another character, Hawk, I'm dying. Yeah. To know that it's 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 the last things you're gonna say on camera. Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's fucking haunting. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 beautiful and it's haunting and it's and I, I I don't think we would 
really get that from a lot of other directors yeah. uh oh yeah for sure and actors and, and and also one of the um you know like that like that is obviously a a really strong emotional point of the show that that this sort of real life thing but then you know on the other side there are so many actors who did not return because they could not yeah. um and many of the episodes are dedicated to their memories yeah and and, uh, and a lot of always heartbreaking to see those names come up at the end of the yeah you know the list cause yeah like, oh, a lot of the cast man. that passed away in those you know in those 25 years i mean and yeah. and some you know, of them even jack nance david bowie mm-hmm. some some of them even died shortly after production wrapped or during production like nigel yeah. Ferrer, um yes uh warren warren frost i believe is his name the the, the guy who plays doc doc haywood uh he's mm-hmm. he's oh, mark yeah. Frost's dad and he died shortly after uh they filmed that's why his whole scene is a Skype scene. Um, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton died like I think a week after the finale. Um, uh. Peggy Peggy Lipton, who plays uh, Norma, she died like a year or two after after the finale aired. Um, just I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of the thing with age, but it's just also so heart wrenching yeah. just seeing like. Like I think it's like every episode is dedicated to somebody who passed away. I yeah. think so. I think just a, yeah. I don't. I don't remember anyone that didn't have one, but I, I don't want to say every single one had had one. But yeah, I mean that that is the nature of you. You, you have a show twenty five years later, um, and most of your cast is not you know twenty something. Yeah, actors playing teens or whatever. Then yeah, you're and you unfortunately lose some people. And Lynch was still able to incorporate them in oh, very yeah. respectful or Lynchian ways. Like, it, yeah. it's it's not like fucking Star Wars Rogue One where we have CGI Peter Cushing face. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. we we get... Mayor Adobe, plays a huge role. Huge role in the plot. the archive footage. Yeah, like, it's... it's or, like, they used... It's almost like they used Adobe After Effects to like, like separate his head from his body so it floats through space. Yep. Uh, and then David Bowie, like he he uh, he didn't come back because he knew he was dying, uh, and he gave Lynch permission to use the character, and he said, <clears throat> "So well, basically, said, make me into a tea kettle, darling." He well, his his only stipulation was, uh, I, I guess he's not the biggest fan of his accent in Fire Walk with Me. He thinks he kind of delivered a bad job, so he said, "I want, oh. I want an authentic Louisiana actor to, to play me." So Lynch, Lynch did that. Oh. Uh, so we, we, David Bowie's a tea kettle. <laughs> um, That's really sweet, though. That like, yeah, I, I think, I think he did a great job. But everyone's their own worst critic, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's. We can talk more about some, of the, <clears throat> some of the other returning folks yeah i think they're all still absolutely brilliant and uh, laura, laura palmer is still one of the best screamers i've ever seen on screen quick quick oh, without a doubt quick aside before before we do that though oh, i yeah. i just want to say especially in regards to like how we didn't really get any resolution in the finale the the fact that pete got to go fishing is enough <laughs> it's enough of a resolution for me oh my god damn it james i love pete man pete was my favorite Look, character we definitely have to talk more about the finale. Um, 
but yeah, Laura, Laura, uh, yeah. um, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Lee, uh, is, is the actress and yeah, she's mm-hmm. a phenomenal scream queen and mm-hmm. a phenomenal actress who's just, Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm actually genuinely surprised that I haven't seen her in more like horror movies. And I mean, that's the, like, that's totally her own prerogative. What she decides, what project she decides to take on. Yeah. But like. Damn, she would be great. I, I think the only yeah. thing I've I've seen her in outside of Twin Peaks uh is is John Carpenter's Vampires. I want like a Cheryl Lee Barbara Crampton. Oh, that'd be great. Like buddy buddy cop movie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That'd be wonderful. Dream, no, sh- dream team. <laughs> Cheryl Cheryl showed her her chops, her range, like without restraint in Firewalk with me. Yeah, she did. Um, yes. And now having her come back for the tail end of of the return, man, nothing's changed. She is she's still, she's still a powerhouse. Yeah. A Absolutely. a superbly underrated actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Miguel yeah, Fur. That, that's also a word a word that gets thrown around underrated, like brave, it gets thrown around a lot. hundred percent fitting for her though. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Um I, I'd also say like Miguel Ferrer is like as as one of the anchors of the show. Fucking mm-hmm. Albert Rosenfeld and 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 David Lynch's Gordon Cole and their weird buddy cop adventures, and it's yeah. it's and he's just still so fucking deadpan and such a goddamn <laughs> dick, but he's yeah. he's wonderful, he's wonderful at it. Um, I uh, mean the the crew of the sheriff station has to be mentioned. Yes, yes. Andy, yeah, Lucy, crew. fucking main man Hawk, Bobby yeah. fucking like Briggs. Yeah, Andy and Lucy, like, I mean, all, all three of them, really, but I was surprised that, like, Andy actually played a really big role. Yeah. You know, he pulled, oh my gosh, okay, I'm gonna completely, for like, I'm gonna completely forget who she turned into, but the eyeless Asian lady in the lodge, yes. who then got pulled out of the lodge and turned into who? A real Diane. That's right. Yeah, it was actual Thank Diane. You. Thank you. Yeah, and that was... Uh, first of all, insanely wild, and second of all, like Andy went into the Black Lodge and like was like came out okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah. If my if my money was going to go on anyone in that department going into the Black Lodge, it would have been Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To use the power of his ancient ancestors <laughs> to open up a can of whoop ass on uh, on the powers of darkness. Yeah. But no, we got Andy bringing his his strong husband energy. Yeah. His, no. Oh. His dad strong, energy. Strong. Strong himbo energy. Yeah. Strong himbo energy. Strong nothing himbo nothing energy. can stop the dad bod with strong himbo energy. <laughs> the power the power of himbo can defeat the, the Black Lodge. Yes, that is the true message of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. That... Oh man, are we gonna talk about like the zombies? Oh boy, are we gonna talk about <laughs> the zombies? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk oh. about the lumberjack zombies. Oh my god. Yeah, and like the sick Oh the... well first before we move on though. Of the returning cast, we also have Bobby coming back with a redemption arc. Dick, yeah, yeah, with a redemption arc. I was like, "Hello!" Completely unexpected. Yeah, and and he's genuine. At least for me, he's genuinely likable. And it's like he's like one of the best parts of the show, and he was one of the worst parts of the original show. Yeah, and the entire time you're just like, "But Bobby killed a guy." But it's (laughs) like the entire time I was like. Should he? I mean, I guess he's a small town cop, so you know. Yeah. How, how redeemed, but like, 
holy shit like he was actually like kind of and like the scene where he sees Laura's picture again yeah through the evidence Powerful. he nailed uh, that he nailed it yeah it's such an easy scene to fuck up yes like yes. walk into walk into a room and blubber see, <laughs> see a picture of somebody dead that you care about and then just cry on the spot go mm-hmm. yeah and absolutely owns it yeah, yeah he, and his his daughter uh, is now Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, mm. she was alright. Yeah. She was fine. I mean, she wasn't in too much of it. So yeah, I I give her and she, I give her credit where it's due. And but, she's married yeah, to that uh, that weird looking guy from Get Out. Yeah. Yes, I was like, I don't see him in enough stuff, like antiviral and stuff too. But he's great. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you, but he was uh, QA did like a fan cast of like who we would want to see in the next God of War, and like we decided to fan cast him as uh, Baldur's son in mythology, mm. uh, just because he has very similar vibes to uh, Jeremy Davies. Yeah, I feel like so I was like he could he actually could work. Yeah, he anyway. Could. He's, he's, he's a good actor, and he, he yeah. did well. And, uh, oh, God, the kid playing Audrey's... The guy playing Audrey's son? Yeah, he's such a piece of All shit. Right. I forget right. what his name is, though, but... We we, we opened Pandora's box. We gotta talk about Audrey. <laughs> I, I'm oh, not... Shit. Lee, Lee, I'm not... I'm so sleepy. I'm not ready oh, to talk cold. about... Oh, I'm not you're ready cold. to talk about Audrey. I gotta get my coat. James. I gotta I get understand. my coat. I'm so sleepy. I, James, I know. But my coat's already on, and I'm about <laughs> to take it off and write you out of the story. What? So, what? let's talk about fucking Audrey. I, um, I, so, what? Audrey Horn is one of the major players in the original series Twin Peaks. And apparently behind the scenes, uh, Audrey and Mr. Lynch don't get along very well. Um, there's, yeah. there's differing reports on the severity of it. But there were some complications during the writing of, uh, of the return and the negotiations that followed, where initially Audrey was going to be almost entirely written out of the story. Audrey was going to be uh, uh, established as a hairdresser. Oh. Um, I was going to say, there's a very easy solution, which is that she exploded in the Twin Peaks finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't even want to go with that. Um <laughs> They went the extra step and wrote uh, wrote that she's basically there and then just gets abused for the small amount she's in the series. They establish her as a hairdresser. Uh, they establish that Mr. C rapes her. And then in the original script, the scene where uh, her son shows up and beats up the grandmother to get money, mm-hmm. it was going to be Audrey who gets beaten. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that was going to be, that. <laughs> and that was going to be Audrey getting written out of the story. And, uh, she and Mr. Lynch went out to lunch and had a chat Good for where, me. uh, oh, I, I, I feel bad for not remembering her name because she's a wonderful actress. Sherilyn Finn? Uh, yeah. Carolyn Finn. Thank you. And a wish upon alum. <laughs> and a wish upon yeah. alum. Wink, wink, future podcast. <laughs> Um, and she and Mr. Lynch sat down and had some lunch, and she said, you know, this is bullshit. And Lynch is like, all right, I will fix it. And oh okay. boy, did he fix it. Good, good, good for both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that Audrey's story does feel 
uh, very removed from most of the rest of the the plot line. That's yep. an understatement. But, oh man, is it not like any less juicy for it? It's so uh, fucking strange and wonderful, and it, it's so Lynchian. And I was just um, screaming at the television the entire time. Just what is happening? Who are yes. these people they're talking about? Yeah. Do we ever find yes. out? No. They, no. they basically drop us into like a two, like a like a stage play of Audrey and her husband arguing, <laughs> and and then that those are that's all the scenes. All the scenes are this just like very simple office, and it almost feels fake. And then you get these lines that Lee so eloquently referenced, where it's like, "I'm gonna write you out of the story, Audrey," and then her just like freezing and panicking. We're like. What is going on? The fuck what does is any happening? Of this mean? I'm so um, sleepy. I gotta get my coat. Oh, tired. <laughs> and then, and then the end of it is <clears throat> like a smash cut to Audrey looking completely disheveled in a white room that is sort of implied to be like a like a mental hospital or something. Yeah, some kind of asylum. Yeah, and she's under like, some sort of medical oh, observation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think. We were talking about it a little bit, and I think I think one of you mentioned that like you thought that might have been like the actress herself. Uh, I, like, I, it, I know Red Letter Media thought that. I don't know if I. Oh, did. really? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay. I think that was um one of Jay's theories. Okay, I mean that would be super cool, and also ties into what because we definitely thought that about the finale. Yeah, that was definitely a thing that that we brought up. That I'm not confusing with something I watched. Yeah, we 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 were the, the finale was just fucking Jesus Christ. The finale is insane. Uh, yeah, and and the way it reincorporates footage from Fire Walk with Me, and mm-hmm. and doesn't do digital de aging on Cheryl oh. Lee. Yes. Well, yeah. that that deserves mentioning uh, in itself because uh, those of you listening. This series ends in uh, in such a way that past and present are kind of brought together into a singular uh, singular moment. And when the events started happening during our, our viewing, the only way I could properly phrase it was, oh, of course Twin Peaks ends in time travel. Yeah. And I didn't mean it like as a backhanded thing. This show got so off the rails and out of its fucking mind that it ending on time travel actually made perfect sense. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It like it was because a lot of times that's kind of like a bit of an ass pull for some shows where it's like, oh, we're gonna, but this just felt a hunt. So yeah, for context, the the end of the like finale is is Cooper kind of like ending up back in time. He's He's the thing that Laura was screaming at in the woods yeah. in Firewalk with Me. Mm-hmm. That like, like she, like at one point in Firewalk with Me, the movie from you know years and years ago, she screams randomly like in fear in the woods, and Bobby's like, "What the fuck?" And she's just like, "Oh, it was nothing." And it's because Cooper showed up and she saw him and screamed. Uh, I like, and, like I like that was an answer I never thought I'd get. <laughs> I, I like how um, you hate James so much you called him Bobby. Oh my God, was it James? It was James. I'm I, listen. We haven't brought up James at all so far. Let's keep and it that I was way. Keep it that way. We will not want him any further. 
I, I, I was like, I, I briefly mentioned the Hulk glove, which is tan, which is very tangentially related to James, and that was going to be it. <laughs> that it. was going to be my one. Yeah, like, let's keep it that way. By and, the way, fuck James. <laughs> look, at least we didn't get Donna. All right. That's that's true. And, that's true. We could have gotten the Scooby Gang back together. Yeah, and I'll, I'll Singing. take. I'll oh no! Oh no! Except we did totally get. Um, we skipped it the, though. A cover of yeah, we skipped it, but. It's in there. Yeah. We know it's there, James. Uh, I mean, I'll still... I think James was handled better in, in The Return than he was in the original run. But I still hate him mm. because of how bad the original run yeah, is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I can agree with that, but also I just don't want James handled at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cooper goes back in time and prevents Laura Palmer's murder. Yep. And then, and then Pete gets Pete to go gets fishing. gets to go fishing. <laughs> and then we cut to... Uh, you know the the twenty five year <clears throat> mark, and and Cooper finds who we assume is Laura. All right, let's He's let's like living. Well, let's talk about that because it's like <laughs> because like a, a lot of the shit that is mentioned in the first episode by the giant to uh, Cooper comes in a fucking play at the goddamn end of the series, which is wild. Uh, yes. and basically, I mean, for... they planned all of this. They yeah, know what they're doing. Right? Yeah, like, it's not it's not like Lost where they're like, oh, we totally knew how the story was going to end. And then they definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's they, they knew it's like Cooper has to drive. I forgot the number, but like an X amount of hours. Yeah, something like that. 430 miles, I think. 430 yeah, miles. And yeah. that somehow transports him and Diane to another reality. Oh, and yeah. then they have the most uncomfortable sex scene ever. <laughs> uh, and, and Jay was theorizing that it was a way to lure out Judy. Jay from Red, Red Letter Media. Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, because they were talking about how she was a, a death god or something. Something like that. The research <laughs> I did points to judy being yeah like an ancient death oh, that was goddess you. That, okay no yeah that was lee talking about her being a death goddess yeah yeah um the wires crossed a little bit sorry no that's fine yeah it yeah it um it's an ancient sumerian myth mm -hmm. uh from like 3000 bc or something um yeah and judy is supposed to be some kind of just all-powerful demon um, I believe the spouse of Baal, who is one of the seven uh, demon princes of hell. Mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of weird mythology there you can really sink your teeth into, but it, it, essentially it's it's this show's form of the devil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and they which which also like somebody just tuning in and hearing this stuff and then being like, "Yep, that's Twin Peaks." No context. No. Mm -hmm. All of this is like spoilers. No context. No context. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they have the most uncomfortable sex scene ever, and then Diane disappears. Yes. And then Cooper somehow tracks down alternate universe Laura Palmer. I think her name is Carrie mm -hmm. Page. Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. And takes... He manages to convince her to come with him they drive to Laura Palmer's house, which is occupied by the real-life occupant of that house. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. Yes, like, the per the actual 
human woman who owns the house in in real life and then laura starts screaming and that's how the show ends <laughs> yeah and that, that or not laura i guess and carrie starts starts screaming the fucker got away with it again <laughs> and and yeah we had we had i believed theorized that because and james was the one who gave us the tidbit of that's the actual owner of the house we had theorized that they had been transported into the real world. Yes. This was now reality. Yeah. And that's why, like, things were so different. And that's what, why it ended in that way. I think oh. there's a lot of ways you can take this fucking ending. And yes. No matter yes. how off the rails you might go with your, your theories, they're all possible yeah like yes, like exactly. a anything we're saying is not definitive it's just for sure our interpretation of the unhinged insanity that is yeah. david lynch this is this is us like getting getting information from various sources and being like i wonder if that's what it meant oh my god but we have no idea yeah and we still don't you know we've been digesting this for a month and i'm still like wow man i have like Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's I just don't even have words. I, I, I don't I don't either, which is why I'm just gonna say as well on top of Pete getting to go fishing, we had Big Ed and Norma get together and that was also yes. super wholesome yes. and I'm very happy yes. happy with that. Lucy mm -hmm. Lucy figured out how cell phones work. <laughs> I, I don't want it to even she explain also shot that. A gun. She, she shot did. a guy. She shot a guy. Yeah. It's, she was a badass. Lucy was a badass. And uh, we didn't know that already. Yeah. Um, it might have been about the bunny. Might have been about the bunny. It's not about the bunny. <laughs> um, Balthazar Getty was a fucking unhinged lunatic, and I loved it. Uh, with the fucking coin magic trick. And, like, talking mm -hmm. about, like, cannibalizing Audrey's son's brains. Wait, guys, we didn't talk about the zombies. Right, but all right. Well, we've been we've been avoiding the zombies because it, talking about the zombies, or the the basic the hobo zombies basically revolves in us to talking about that fucking episode. Oh my god! Yes, please. Let's just. So should please, we just start talking about, about that episode? Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. We need to talk about that fucking episode. So, all right, so James, what is that fucking episode? Give me, give me, give me a second here. <laughs> Are you looking at your notes? You mean I have no notes. Angel dust. I have no notes. I I just need I just need to stroke my my puppy and good luck and and have some water. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Because <laughs> mentally prepare yourself. This Hydrate. Is, yes. Yeah. So this is episode eight, and it starts out with Evil Cooper escaping from prison with um, some thug that he was working with who, who, who Evil Cooper wants to kill because they were trying to kill him. And they pull over to the side of the road and, and the thug shoots Evil Cooper. Um, and then a bunch of hobo zombies show up. Uh, and we'd already seen them a little bit earlier on in the series in like a couple scenes. Um, and they basically all kind of start fading in and out and dancing around Evil Cooper's body and, and playing with his blood and rubbing it on Evil Cooper's face 
and then they pull out a sphere that has Bob's face on it. And then they put it back in, and Evil Cooper comes back to life. Uh, and then we get a sick performance by the Nine Inch Nails. Um, the actual Nine Inch Nails. The actual Nine Inch Nails. We kind of forgot to mention that, like, every single episode has a musical guest. And, like, a, like a, basically, like, a mini performance at the end. Yeah. Uh, and 80% of it's hipster trash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you get Nine Inch Nails. And you get and Nine Inch Nails. Top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, it's they're, they're usually all the episode, all the musical acts are normally at the end. This is like 15 minutes into the episode, and then cut to fucking atomic bomb testing in like the New Mexican desert in like 1940s, and we get David Lynch channeling Stanley Kubrick as we fly through. A fucking goddamn mushroom cloud explosion. Um, then we cut to what we think is the White Lodge with the giant and and mm-hmm. this this other lady, and then the the giant basically planks and eats himself into the air. And a gold orb with Laura Palmer's face shows up. Oh, we forgot to say that the gold orbs are like what makes tulpas. Yes, they they make tulpas, but I don't think that these are the same gold tulpa orbs. I I don't okay. I, I don't know. That's fair. Um, all it's I, another kind of gold orb. Yeah, so gold orbs are important through the whole series. Yeah. So um, continue. <laughs> and then the lady kisses the Laura Palmer orb, if I remember correctly, and it, it flies to Earth and lands, I guess, in the New Mexican desert. Flash forward to, like, I don't know, 10, 10 years later, so we're now, like, 1950s New Mexico, and a f- frog bug comes out of the sand. Well, this is all Can in black and white. That? What was, what is it? A frog bug. A frog bug. Yeah. Uh, it's, yes. it's like a bug. You, just, you said that like very normal, like casual, like frog bugs are just in every form of media. Yeah, they are. So I just wanted to make sure the audience knew that, you know. It's a frog you, bug. You were, you were mentioning this very, very common thing. That's yeah, totally normal. It's totally normal. It's it's not weird at all. And it's not strange. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the, the top of a bug attached to the hind legs of a frog or something. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this whole this whole like this, this, <laughs> this whole this whole sequence is in black and white outside of the atomic bomb shit yes. where we get gorgeous color. Oh, and also oh, the gold yes. the gold orb is, is in color as well. Mm-hmm. Um then the the the, the soot covered hobo zombies show up and harangle a lady on the side of the road and it feels very night of living a couple on the side of the road and it feels very night of living dead where we have um a blinking hobo zombie asking for a light for a cigarette. Who is actually like an A Blinken impersonator? Yeah, because uh, yeah, according to his IMDb thing, because uh, because we were joking that he looked like A Blinken, and according to his IMDb thing, um, yeah, that's what he specializes in is playing A Blinken in all sorts of different productions because he looks like A Blinken. Um, <laughs> And also during this this new sequence, we see like a a ten year old girl 
who may or may not be young Sarah Palmer. We haven't even touched... We haven't even fucking talked about Sarah Palmer. God damn it! Um, young Sarah Palmer going out on a date. It may, might be young Sarah Palmer. We don't, we don't know. Um, anyways, <coughs> Abe Lincoln Hobo Zombie makes his way to a radio station and violently fucks up a lady's head. And then violently... Yeah, he just, like, squeezes it to death one-handed, right? Yeah. And then, then violently fucks up another another dude's head, the, the, the disc jockey's head, and then goes off on this speech about, like, this is the water and this is the well, and then everybody in the town goes to sleep, and then the frog bug climbs into maybe Sarah Palmer's mouth, mm-hmm. and then the hobo zombie goes away. That's the end of the episode. I could listen to James try to explain Lynch all day. I yeah. fucking love it. I I I did I did I, I did ex- what I can. I want an extremely monotone recap of like every episode. That should that should be that's a podcast in of itself. There you go. Just D- James desperately being like, so then there's this. <laughs> it's it's like make no mistake listeners all right twin peaks is fucking weird right uh the first couple seasons are weird the not quite as weird as maybe what everybody was saying until like the end uh but still that weird and quirky and fire walk with me is pretty fucking weird uh and then then you know we're getting some weird shit in the return like we're starting weird like two people banging while watching an empty cube and then spooky ghost thing shows up and yeah and saws off their faces or whatever um and it's weird sure it's lynchian sure but we get this entire prologue maybe quasi explanation as to why bob and and laura exist in the world and it's this beautiful unhinged madness that is just so fucking stunning to look at but the entire time you're just like what it is absolutely surreal yeah i loved every second of it It, you can you can tell go ahead i was gonna say it's apparently also uh an episode the only episode that was like also distributed in theaters yes like played in theaters yes that's a hundred percent if i could have seen that in theaters i would have yeah and like it it, when you see the episode you'll understand why like i i was telling lee and kat that at the start of the series there were there were some complaints and 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 also you know like we uh we we saw in the they they brought it up in the 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 review for uh, red letter media there's some complaints about the cgi not not being all that great but you know it was fine it's fine and serviceable. And then you get to that episode, and it's it's just... Like, that entire atomic bomb sequence, man, is just... Dude. Where the budget went. Beautiful. <laughs> and just, it's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Just through the eyes of David Lynch. Mm-hmm. And it's wild. You can you can tell that that entire episode, and especially that... Ex- that extended sequence with the nuclear explosion is is what lynch has been wanting to do 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was his vision of I'm finally off the chain. Yeah. I can do what I've wanted to do. And that fucking episode was it. And it's 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 wonderful and it provides answers that you didn't necessarily it know. Provides answers. It mm-hmm. Answers that you didn't necessarily know that you wanted, and then also produces a metric fuck ton of new questions that never get answered because fuck yeah. because fuck you. Twin, <laughs> Twin Peaks is a series that, you know, famously, as we've said, doesn't give answers to questions and doesn't, you know, like to resolve things. Yeah. Um, by design. But holy fuck, that episode actually explained some stuff. It's like, oh, no, Laura Palmer is here as a force of good Mm -hmm. to fight the Black Lodge. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, And then then later on, Sarah Palmer tears off her face and kills an asshole at a bar. And becomes a hideous void monster. (laughs) And kills some asshole at a bar after spending time... Watching footage of lions murder animals, but it's like a 10 second clip on loop. Oh, yeah. And then it's also like a boxing match. Like a YouTube poop of yeah. like lions murdering. And and then also also like the, a boxing match, but it's not a boxing match. It's like the same 10, 15 seconds of a boxing match on loop while just chain smoking and drinking Bloody Marys. <laughs> Lynch is so fucking wild, man. <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah. And I love it. It's God damn it, man. I it's See, So yeah, that's that's that fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, that was that was him just totally left to his own devices and left to explore his style. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a clip of Lynch that's famously gone around the Twin Peaks fandom where he's complaining to uh, to someone that he's working with during the filming of of the return about how he wanted more time to explore certain things. He was getting very frustrated with um with deadlines and mm. needing to finish these things by a certain time. And he goes on this great tirade about like that episode in particular, how he wanted even more time to explore ideas in the White Lodge. He's just like mm. yelling like I I I could have played around with the firemen for a fucking week. Like he he was still bursting with ideas that he was just willing to experiment with. Yeah, that man was just like unfiltered David Lynch. Yeah, in that episode, it was fucking it was great. I I think that same clip that you're talking about uh, also has the famous line: "Who fucking cares how long a scene is?" Yeah, who fucking <laughs> yeah. cares how long a scene is? I was I was going to say that's that's the that's the one I remember always, and that's yeah, just, it's great. <laughs> And it's 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 delightful, and it's just it's unhinged Lynch madness that people frequently try to emulate, but very few people have. I very few people can even come close to copying or accurately. There's usually something lost in translation, just because Lynch is love him or hate him and he's he's in his own fucking league when it comes to ideas of just insanity like yeah. god damn like I, I i love him but i also understand why people hate his shit yes yes i i can fully i can fully appreciate people who are more <clears throat> you know ex- expect more stru- well no because i don't want to say expect more structure because 
his stuff is very structured. He is yes. Yes. he is still operating under typical narrative conventions. It's and not just raw he, chaos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is he is you know, if anything, a master filmmaker. Yeah. You know, like he understands how, you know, how to frame a shot, how to, you know, tell a story in in sequence like that. He is um, king at audio design. <laughs> yes, yes. He he just chooses to do it in a way that yeah, doesn't necessarily um I hate to I hate to say like you know, I because I don't want to disparage people who don't like him because I think that's still a valid opinion where like yeah. yeah, if you if you just don't like things that are extremely art house or you think that maybe it's a little bit um like I could I could totally see the argument that like, you know, he's like up his own ass. With, yeah. Like, you know, a very overindulgent kind of thing. Um, I could totally see that. Uh you know, personally, I, I don't agree with it, but same. I could definitely see people people taking, you know, I mean, it's the same criticism that was leveled at like Bioshock Infinite, which is obviously a much <clears throat> simpler story. But I, yeah. I, I I love it and I don't think it's up its own ass. But, you know, I, I can totally see how people would get that impression. And, I yeah. you know, I can see that from uh, Lynch detractors as well. Or possibly it's just people who, you know, have had... Twin Peaks and the like hyped, like overhyped for them. Yeah. Right. Where it's, oh my God, it's so weird. And then you watch it and you're kind of like, yeah, it's artsy, but you know, and it is weird. I think we're, you know, but, but it's also, if it's been, you know, which was part of Lee and Lee and my hesitance to start watching it in the first place was that, you know, it is, it is hyped as this very, very weird cultural touchstone. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, if you don't uh, like, if you don't like weirdness, or if you don't, if you don't like things that are more concerned with the artistic value of a piece than the like straightforward plotting, which mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even argue that Lynch is not concerned with plotting, but you know, there, there yeah. is something to be said about like he has a vibe he's communicating. He has a uh you know oh gosh i don't even i don't even really know how to put put it into words but lynch yes basically lynch. it's just like lynchian being like you know as yeah. as uh, as common of a phrase as like lovecraftian there's a reason for that right there's yeah. a they they're they're like definitions of a style yeah that is just is just you know almost without without adjectives so we give it this this person's name who is that definitive of that style. Yeah, I, I and Lynch is. <laughs> I, I think the only movie of his that uh, is more universally accepted, or at least with the least amount of detractors, just because of its and no no pun intended, but the the straightforward nature of it is uh, a straight story, and that's that's oh. also partially because of how fucking wholesome that movie is too. Interesting. I I was gonna because I like I was I was trying to like guess what you were gonna say before you were gonna say it. I feel like you've mentioned Straight Story before. And yeah. I have I've actually not seen it. Oh, it's so um, good. I would have kind of assumed you would have gone with maybe like Elephant Man. Elephant Man is definitely up there. Um, but like I I know like if I remember correctly, like Robert Roger Ebert is like famously disliked almost every single thing that that lynch has made 
right? Mm, interesting. But he loved Straight Story. Yeah, actually, actually, uh, Straight Story is actually slightly better reviewed than than Elephant Man on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it has a 90, wow. 95%. Uh, it's also his only PG-rated movie, if I'm not mistaken. Elephant Man might be PG. I don't know. I think it's R. Um, I know yeah, Dune I is... Don't... I think Dune is PG-13. I want to say I watched it in college, so I'm not really sure what the yeah what the rating is. I watched it in my Freaklet class, which is a very fun class. Yeah, like maybe maybe we should watch a straight story at some point. It's, it's it's I'd be down. it's based on a true story too of of a oh. a uh, <clears throat> an elderly man. He's like in his seventies, and in the movie he's played by Richard Farnsworth. Um, and his eyesight is bad, and he doesn't like most of his family doesn't necessarily live close by, and he receives. Like a letter that his brother, his older brother, who's like 80 some odd years old, uh, just had a stroke. And he and his brother had a falling out and haven't spoken to each other in about a decade. And the guy becomes obsessed with the idea of burying the hatchet. The problem is he has no real means of, of getting there because his eyesight is too poor and he's too old to drive a car so he bought a riding lawnmower and drive drove it across the state over the span of a month to reach his brother just so he could make amends with him in the event the worst happens and it is such a heartwarming weird movie but it's also completely fucking true (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it was also produced by Disney. Because uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. The uh, the 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 riding mower had a maximum speed of about five miles per hour, and it was a two hundred and forty mile journey from Lawrence, Iowa, to Mount Zion, Wisconsin. Oh my God. And it, 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 it's... I feel like you could almost walk faster. Probably. Well, I mean, also his, his, his legs aren't great. He's on a walker. Oh, of course, um, of course. But yeah, it's, and it's about his journey across the state and, and who he meets and how he touches mm-hmm. their lives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a heartwarming thing. We have so much to watch. That I don't, we'll probably see it in like a year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. Yeah. It's it's actually, it, you know, speaking of how Lynch kind of reincorporates a lot of stuff into the Return, a lot of that heartwarming stuff that was in the straight story, uh, I kind of felt echoes of with with the, like the Dougie Jones stuff of yeah. just someone's journey. Yeah. Um. And and how they're still kind of able to have this impact on people's lives in such a positive and unique way, you know? Uh, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And and. Wait, guys, but what about the other zombies? We 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 don't even get any. There's like 
It's like there's the fucking time. What about the zombies? <laughs> I already talked about the there's... hobo zombies, but there's another group of there's... zombies briefly. Yeah, there's the ones in the in the in the police station. Oh, and Chad. <laughs> and the we the kid. Touch on Dude, Chad. Fuck Chad. And oh and, yeah, and the sick kid in the car. That Bobby that Bobby sees and the, and the lady screaming. Ah! 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 <laughs> yeah. ah! Yes. And, ah! and that drunk guy with his face <laughs> fucked up par- parroting everything yeah. that everybody's saying mm-hmm. yeah what was that all about I don't know it was all about <laughs> fuck you <laughs> it was nonsense it was I don't know it was <laughs> <sighs> it's about pissing Chad off it's fuck Chad <laughs> yeah fuck Chad this 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 season had a uh, <clears throat> surprising number of of new like uniquely hateable characters too. Mm-hmm. Like like Audrey's son, Audrey's son yes. fucking Chad, uh, yep. Mister C. No oh, God, yes. Um, Jesus, like he's wild. But fucking Chad, especially when he makes fun of Robert Forster's dead kid. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, uh, that was terrible. Yeah, but and, he kind of gets his come. He gets his comeuppance, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he gets knocked the fuck out by, uh, I think, the kid with the, the green glove. Yeah. The green yeah. dishwashing glove. Should we elaborate at all on the on the Hulk glove that uh, rape sphere punches rape sphere to hell. No, do we need to elaborate further? I mean, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that some that summarizes it pretty nicely. Yeah, I mean, like some some knacker with a Hulk hand <laughs> hits the rape sphere mm-hmm. right into hell. Yeah, that, and then end, then the yep. then and then epilogue. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. Oh, and, and not to mention that that entire thing where where it's the big happy reunion, but it's super like Cooper's face is superimposed on everything, and he slow motion says, "We live inside a dream," and I guess I guess a lot of people are are thinking that maybe the entire series is a, is someone's dream. Oh, oh yeah. God, I hope not. I uh, yeah, I really hope not too. But yeah. I remember thinking at that moment that Cooper was still in the Black Lodge. Yeah, that was what that meant. It could be. I like just... I mean, that's that's like pure again, no evidence to it. But I I remember I remember being like, oh no, are they trying to imply that like part of him is still is still trapped or, like, you know, oh, and I I don't I don't know I don't have answers. <laughs> Nobody does. I don't even know if Lynch has answers. Oh, another wholesome part of the finale, though, is that um, Cooper made Janie another Dougie. Yes, that yeah. was that was super super wholesome. Where where Cooper is mm-hmm. just like, you know, uh, you've touched my lives, and you can tell that he's being like, he's genuine about it. Where he's like, he he has great affection for Janie E and Sunny Jim, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes out of his way to make sure that there's another Tulpa who can be there for them and is not a cheating asshole seriously yeah i I will not get over that i mean aside from the fact that cheating why the fuck would you cheat on naomi watts god damn it man yeah 
It's foolish. Amateur mistake. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus. Right. Fuck. Fuck. And and also, you know, we we've kind of touched upon it a little bit, but uh, can we um, <clears throat> can we can we talk about Kyle McLaughlin and how fucking incredible he is doing so many different yeah like essentially three different roles yeah roles carrying the series like not to discredit anyone else in the cast oh yeah no not not at all yeah absolutely incredible work mm-hmm. it's yeah, I mean, he's he's the he's very much the heart of the show because the the big question we were left with at the end was what happened to Cooper, right? Yeah. So so he's kind of that through line of of he's, you know, one of the first things that, that you're kind of seeing. And yeah, just figuring out this is essentially entirely the fallout of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because cause Mr. C wouldn't have gotten out and God, there's just there's so there's so much. And it's all again, it all just like is intrinsically tied back to Laura and Ah, wow. Yeah, it's... God damn it, man. This entire podcast is just a stream of... stream of consciousness and incoherent ramblings of... of confused people. And Yeah, and, but a podcast about Twin Peaks can't go any other way. Yeah. That's true. I, I'm glad. I'm We're glad actually it's keeping case. it together quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Lee, uh... Can you, can you make a version of the thumbnail with Dougie Jones with, with the coffee spilling out of his mouth and the tie on his head? You know what, oh. James? For you, I think I can make that work. Oh, beautiful! Oh. Thank you. I, I love it. I felt I felt very called out when Riddler Media was like, "Oh yeah, people are gonna assume that like the coffee's gonna wake him up." Oh, I know. Uh, that was the that first thing sense, I said. Jay. That was the first thing you guys said, and I'm just sitting here yeah. giggling like, "No, no, you yeah. fools! You don't know what I know." <laughs> oh yeah, it was. I think both of us simultaneously were like, <gasps> "Yep." <laughs> Uh, and then you were like that uh, with the pie, even though it was like yeah. a few episodes later. And I was like, no, you should know there's no hope. It's Dougie. <laughs> I it's wanted, Cooper I Dougie. Hope. No. I wanted there to be hope. <clears throat> and again, I, I, I feel like I'm the odd man out. But like, again, but I've also had like four years to process and, and, and get Correct. And, and, and adjust and cope and deal with that, that. We have 16 yeah. episodes of of Potato Cooper. I, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, like, I was definitely a little annoyed when we were watching it, kind of being like, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? Um, but at the same time, like, for my complaints, I can't really see it going any other way. Like, you know, a lot of times we spend time kind of not really script doctoring so much, but, you know, we'll kind of think of like alternate scenarios or like armchair if we were writing this or yeah. you know whatever uh but honestly like i like you know bringing cooper back earlier um you know would have would have put the finale in motion too quickly I think. yeah um and and you know we would have we, yeah, we would have lost a lot of the wholesome stuff that came toward the end yeah of his of his sort of journey uh so yeah kind of despite the fact that i did find it a little annoying in the moment um i think it was for a good there was a good reason for it yeah um less so i think the the musical stuff sure uh it was it was always kind of a 
sometimes when it was over credits, it was like, okay, because it gave us a little bit of a pause between episodes to kind of like talk about what we just seen. And, you know, because we would watch these in like two or three episode chunks yeah. usually. Um, <clears throat> so it was kind of like a musical interlude sometimes, which was nice. But uh, I think if I had been watching this live, I probably would have just turned it off at the musical guests, which usually, which we ended up definitely doing once. <laughs> Oh yes, we did. Well, I mean, it was it was fucking just you and I, mm. uh, and I don't think we need to hear that any any anymore ever, ever again. Ever, ever again. Ever again. What's uh, that? It's going to be the outro music for this episode. <laughs> a, a, a Goonbot rap version of. <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yes, have Goonbot read the lyrics to "Only You." <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, we got we we got a sick Nine Inch Nails performance. We did. We and, did. And that was also like it was like, all right, yeah, David Lynch likes nine inch nails. We I can dig this. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, God. Like but yeah, no, I especially because I, I think like a lot of the uh the musical numbers, the, the, the songs were just not my taste. So that kind of also that too. That that too. But I I also feel just like thematically, it kind of or it's weird. Thematically is the wrong word. It's definitely weird. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, and it it kind of felt like a like an SNL type, you yeah, know, like, like a, a, like a bit. variety show type. Thing. A little bit. It it it, it was like it felt uh, it felt out of place almost. Yeah, especially because sometimes we were seeing the the characters in the bar listening yeah. to this stuff and it, it, it like yeah it was just like i'm like would would biker james be here listening to you know like some alt rock <laughs> some 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 sung by a bunch of flowery voiced like you know tweens or whatever <laughs> yeah I, I don't know yeah uh, but yeah Although we did get a there was a great scene with audrey yeah there was in there there was where they kind of faked us out with that and then had it be audrey's dance from the original twin like quote unquote audrey's dance from the original twin peaks which was insane kind of wild yeah um yeah i don't i don't i don't know what else to talk about is there yeah is there anything big we're missing i guess uh just a i guess just an overall summary really i mean you know there's there's a hope that there will be another season if it ends this way, if this is the last of it, then it's the kind of ending that we've come to expect from Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as some people would want closure, this is the kind of ending where if that's finished, I could just nod and go, yep, that mm-hmm. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like honestly, like as much as I, I want a Twin Peaks season four, partly because I'm a fan of Twin Peaks and partly because it's more mm-hmm. David Lynch stuff, mm-hmm. even, even, I think we got a lot of closure for the most part until David Lynch took a crowbar and um, like, like basically broke everything with the finale. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if this is the end of Twin Peaks and we never get a season four or we never get another movie or whatever, I, I think I can say I'm satisfied. Yeah. Same. I Absolutely. totally agree with that. Like it's 
it's the opposite feeling that I had after watching the season two finale and fire walk with me where it's like, I love the season two finale and I, mm-hmm. and I grew to like fire walk with me, mm-hmm. but it definitely felt very unsatisfying just because of how, how many open threads there were. And mm-hmm. just, just knowing that it wasn't their intention to end it that way. Yes, um, and I feel like the open threads that we have at the end of the return are are more. I, I part of me wants to say optional. Part of me wants to say intentional. Yeah, I think a combination of the two. Where, yeah. like, yes, we could still follow this through line of you know what's happening to this character or that character or you know where where actually are uh, Cooper and not Laura. You know, like, like yeah. we could follow those through lines through or we could not. And it's still it still feels finished. It yeah. still feels feels like an interesting note to land to land on. Yes. Right. Whereas whereas the you know, as powerful as that shot of Cooper, you know, bleeding and laughing as, you know, Bob looks back from the reflection in the mirror as powerful and cool as that shot is. It's like that's the end of the penultimate episode, right? And then the finale is, you know, wrapping up or something like that. Or like it's the end of the the season and then you have a third season where it's resolving all of that stuff. Yeah. Or even to that matter too, as powerful as that final shot is a final walk with me, f- fire walk with me of Cheryl Lee crying and and laughing as mm-hmm. she's like trapped in the Black Lodge. Um, well, that's a satisfying end to the movie. It, it wasn't necessarily a satisfying end to the story of Twin Peaks, just because of the fact that, okay. you know, it's, it's a prequel. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they could leave it here, but I, I would certainly, so long as David Lynch wants to do it, oh. I, I would be down with season four of Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, he is. He is, I think, one of the only directors where I would have faith in him. Whatever he decides to do, yeah, just because it seems like one, he's he's established enough, and he's um, he's got a good sense of his own material that I feel like he would know when to stop. You know, like he'd know <laughs> when to to not milk that franchise anymore. <laughs> yeah, which you know will will kind of tie into. Um, the series we're going to talk about next, I think, next podcast. Mm. You mean, um, I, yeah, flute, I don't want to flute fingering. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want to spoil it if you, if you guys don't, and I'll yeah, leave I'm, it up I'm, to Lee since it's his. Yeah, I'll leave it to uh, Lee. I was, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna drop a drop a hint to Reno at the end of the episode. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're getting pretty close, so yeah, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll gear up for of, it give some final thoughts so what i wanted to uh what i wanted to uh end on here that i thought would be fun is uh favorite character favorite moment (gasps) i want to add to that can't be cooper because i think we'd all say cooper oh favorite character favorite yeah favorite character favorite moment I'll go first because uh, I Please posed do. the question, so I've had my time to chew on it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as much of the living meme uh, as I am in this regard, 
I do I do have to give it based on just the uh, the continuing strength of the character, the longevity, and the uh, the commitment to his duty. Uh, it's definitely Hawk. Hawk is the man. Hell yeah! Hawk was a strong character in the original series, and he started. He kind of started out as like the 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 back pocket meme favorite for me of like yeah of course I'm gonna be into like the mystical spooky bullshit Native American guy, and then he just legitimately rises to the occasion in return, you know rising up to be the he's he's the right hand of the sheriff now, he takes care of so much business, he really and now does. he. And now he's regarded as like the expert in Twin Peaks on all the spooky bullshit going on because the new sheriff hasn't been exposed to it. Yeah. So Hawk is now the expert. It's not about the bunny. It's not, and, it's uh, not about the bunny. <laughs> favorite moment um, is a four-word sentence. I am the FBI. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kat, go next. Okay. Um. All right. I'm gonna. I, I think I might throw it completely out of left field here. Um. Audrey's I, husband. <laughs> yeah, Audrey's husband. I'm so 100%. sleepy. No, and I. I also. I think I want to. I think I want to split my answer between my favorite returning character and my favorite new character. If okay. that's okay. That's fair. Just, just because I feel like I feel like my automatic like draw is to the returning characters, just because sure. we've known them longer and we've seen more growth with them. But I do want to give credit to where credit's due for the for the new new folks. Um I'm gonna say that my favorite returning character is probably Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Great choice. <laughs> It's a real Which good choice. Is absolutely. Like, if you had asked me, like, two months ago before we started the return, what do you think about Bobby? I would have been like, fuck you. Don't ask me about Bobby. You, fuck Bobby. Do you know how much <laughs> I was howling internally every single time you and Lee vented about how much you hated Bobby <laughs> while watching he's, the previous, the, the, the first two seasons and the original he's, podcast? He's awful, and he has the best redemption story, and just becomes like a really competent, good dude. And you're like, uh, "Yeah, new Bobby, who's this?" Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I, kudos to him. I, I think he's just a really good actor where he could play both an absolute fucking prick teenager and like you know a, a stand-up guy. Yeah. Having uh having grown out of being an absolute fucking prick teenager. Um and then my favorite new characters, I think I'm going to say probably one of the two assassins either the which name name I won't remember. I, Tim like, Roth I, and I, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Huh? Oh my god. No, goodness. not those guys. Not I the not Tim the Quentin Roth. Tarantino ones. The I'm sorry, the mobsters. God, oh the god, we guys. didn't even talk about fucking whatever it's there's, we didn't talk about there's, them. <laughs> there's a Tarantino riff with Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee. It's it's hilarious. It's great. Um, uh, I mean, they were they were great, but they they did feel more like a like a riff on Tarantino than absolutely. Than like yeah, yeah. Um, God, uh, but the uh, yeah, the two mobsters, I think. Yeah. So, and I don't know which one edges the other out because they both have such good moments. They do. I might say Rob Nepper's character just because he has that really weird bit with uh, 
Candy, I want to say. Her yeah, name with the remote. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'll you know I'll, I'll I'll say you can you can take them as a as an action figure two pack. You as can a, as a duo. You can okay. pull the Dave Chappelle racial draft and draft the whole <laughs> Wu Tang Clan. Like you <laughs> you can have it. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. So those, yeah. I think I think those are those are my picks. And then my favorite moment, which I've already brought up before, uh, was Lucy and Andy uh, picking a chair color. Oh, it's yeah, so simple it's but so, so adorable. It's so sweet. It's so it's wholesome. sweet and perfectly illustrates their relationship. Um, just to like quickly summarize, they're having an argument because they're trying to pick the color of the chair that they want to buy. Both of them are completely adamant about their choice and they're arguing back and forth and they're so like bitterly entrenched in it. Um, and then Lucy kind of pulls this like, like pulls out this really good argument to, to get it on her side. And Andy being the super sweet guy he is ends up like acquiescing to her, her, you know, request. And he's just like, you know what? Yeah. You, you pick your color. You're right. You know, like, like basically like I, I, I support this. I support you. Mm -hmm. um, and she goes back to her desk and just kind of like sits over the web page for a second and then picks Andy's color and buys it. And I'm just like, it's so sweet. Oh, I love them. <laughs> They're perfect. Uh, Great choice. Lee, Great choice. Lee, who would be your favorite new character? Yeah. Audrey's husband. Um, okay. No, uh, <laughs> no favorite new character. Um, God, I mean, just what what a fucking what an all star cast. Um, mm -hmm. It's tough. My favorite, well, my favorite, my favorite to hate is Audrey's son. Oh, yeah, um, because I think he, I think the actor does such a a splendid job of being just this this absolute remorseless prick. Mm -hmm. Um. I one thing I, I definitely have to give Lynch that I really admire about his writing is he he doesn't mind making characters who are just unashamedly evil. Yes. There's a lot of talk these days about, you know, having characters have shades of gray, only you know, only oh, always have like understandable sides to your villains. And I get that from a certain writing perspective, but sometimes I just want a dude in a black cloak laughing maniacally for the sake of being evil. Exactly. Some, and this fucking is just the the biggest piece of shit. Sometimes I mean, he um, kills he kills a kid. Yeah. Yeah. On camera. Oh god. Like, yeah. Fuck. Ooh. Yeah. The 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 whole um, hit and run thing. Yeah. Some sometimes yeah. I just want a some like again to to reference another Lynch work. Sometimes I just want a a villain as hateable as Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet. Oof, yeah, because yes. he's go. so fucking hateable, and it's like, dude, villains, villains you love to hate are absolutely a, yeah, like it's 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 great. It's such a catharsis because you you, I won't I won't uh, I won't sidestep for too long for this, but you know, you you just you like to see that comeuppance yeah. hit these people because yep. so often in real life. You know, people wrong you and then just kind of get away with it, or yeah. or yep. evil people in the world get away with things. Um, and in movies, uh, you know, you have complete control where the absolute monstrous prick will, you know, almost always get what's coming to them at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think I almost talked myself into picking him <laughs> the more I thought about it. There, mm -hmm. but um, 
Janie E might be might be Yay. my choice. Mm, Janie is a good Naomi Watt. real good choice. Yeah. She's great. She's she's fantastic. Um I think for me I'll start with favorite new character. Mm-hmm. Topa Diane. Oh. Okay. Because yeah. she is such a fucking sasspot throughout <laughs> the entire time of just like fuck you Gordon, fuck you Albert, etc etc etc. But then she gives that incredibly haunting monologue about the last time real Diane yes saw quote unquote Cooper. Yeah. And that performance is is so fucking strong. I I I I and it's Laura Dern too. Like she's she's fantastic, I think. Um and on that note too, my my favorite probable returning character is is Miguel Ferrer's Albert Rosenfeld. Because I had a feeling he's He's such a snarky dick, but he also feels a little more matured than in the original one. Like, he's still hot-headed. He's still an asshole. But he's... You get to see a little more nuance to him. Yeah. Um, and you get to see him kind of, like, on this buddy cop thing with, with Gordon Cole. Like, you didn't, you didn't really get a lot of... Like, he had, he, he had some great scene stealing moments in the original run and he was a great character in the original run but he was mostly there for like you know showing up on a scene and giving exposition about forensics evidence as opposed yeah. to like being part of the central narrative and and the actual like investigative process and everything like that <coughs> um yeah so that that would probably be my favorite uh returning character um i dig it favorite scene God, this is like the fucking hardest one. <laughs> Honestly, I think the got a light sequence, uh, specifically, Ooh. specifically when when it's the couple pulled on the highway. Yes, because it's yeah. so, especially with the couple screamings being like distorted and warbly and and mm-hmm. and it's so genuinely horrifying and, and at this point we have no idea what the fuck these things are yeah it's the first moment where you actually are watching what's happening and go okay there's zombies mm-hmm. yeah All right and All it, right. it's so here we are it's so strange and weird and like the question itself is not necessarily horrifying but like the way he delivers the line and the way the way he um like god damn it like the way the way lynch messes with the audio and everything like that it's just mm-hmm. yeah the vocal tone on the lead ghoul is mm-hmm. fucking great oh god it's so good it's, it it kind of reminds me of um i don't know if you guys have seen pontypool yes Yes, I have. Yes, it, especially especially him going on the radio to deliver his 
missive to the town. Yeah. Um, really had some Pontypool vibes for me. Yes. Yeah. I could feel that. That's a that's another like movie with strong audio design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Pontypool is fucking some, great. Yeah. Probably some Lynch uh, inspiration there. I would. I, I would see it. I would yeah. gather. I I think a runner running runner up scene would maybe be the um the scene with Matthew Lillard breaking down in the interrogation room. That's a good one too. Because he's just so confused. And scared. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, oh yeah, God! That's a really good one. Like it, it's I, uh, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. I was I was going to say that I I, I definitely feel you on the um, the moment from that fucking episode. Um, and the reason I didn't pick anything from there was just because I I don't feel like I could actually yeah, narrow fair. it down. Kudos yeah. to you for doing so. It's I, fair. If you, it's really if you tried to call episode eight, I would have just said bullshit. Pick again. <laughs> Yeah. You don't get yeah. to just pick episode eight. Yeah, no, no. Uh, that's that that scene is also it's just so fucking horrifying. Oh, and you know what? Also, since you mentioned it too, uh, another runner-up would have been this the scene where the kid get hits by a, gets hit by a car. Oh, and oh, yes. and and how gut wrenching it is, and and how mm-hmm. understated Harry Dean Stanton's performance is during that scene, mm-hmm. and how he just tries to console that that grieving mother you know mm-hmm. yeah no that's ugh. Yeah. yeah grief grief i feel like is um it's hard to do right um i i think i've talked before about how i feel like like ari aster's directing hits gr- like you know hereditary yeah yep. i think he can capture grief really well um but a lot of times it can come off as very overly theatrical or you know yeah over dramatic or, or whatever you want to call it uh but yeah that that was a moment that like demanded that kind of performance and yeah and, and wow just just yeah that that's definitely a moment because it's also you know in in film and um tv you don't really just show a kid getting killed there has to no. be a really good reason for it and there's a good it's, for it here. It's it's very yeah. much an unwritten rule uh, ever yes. since. Uh, actually, from from what my dad told me, because he was he's he went to AFI and he did all this film study shit. I mean, he could have been kind of talking out of his ass a little bit, but I've I've heard a few other people say it as well. The mm-hmm. chief reason why it's such an unwritten rule is because of John Carpenter's uh, assault on Precinct Thirteen. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, in what regard? There's a scene where uh, have have you seen the movie? Yes, yes. The the scene where the little girl gets shot was just mm-hmm. at the time so blunt and violent that it kind of really shocked a lot of people and caused like I mean it, it's it wasn't the first time a kid got killed on screen you know Jaws famously you know the shark eating yeah. the kid. Uh, and it, you know, certainly wasn't the last, but from yeah. from what I've heard, just the raw bluntness of that shot. I I didn't know that's where it was from, where that rule kind of stemmed from, but I I had always heard that like, you know, there's there's kind of no quicker way to turn your audience off than to needlessly kill a kid or a dog on camera. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it it isn't even so much that it turned the audience off per se, or, like, turn, to, turn them against the movie. 
it was more like Hollywood that's, was that's just way, more. That's the way I've had I've heard it phrased. Mm. Yeah, in so. in this it was more Hollywood just was like, yeah, let's not do this again. And 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 yeah. for the most part, even in like R-rated movies, despite the terror that you can put a child through, like you never really saw a kid get killed. Like mm-hmm. e- even even you know spoilers for Halloween, uh, the 2018 film. Uh, Mm-hmm. One, like my sister's a huge Halloween fan, and one of her things has always been like Michael doesn't Mike Michael doesn't kill kids, even though like there's there's a scene where like the entirety of like four and five is him chasing his ten year old niece, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 the whole plot of six is him trying to kill he, a baby, but like you know he he doesn't succeed or whatever, uh, but like he never really killed a kid uh, until. Halloween 2018 when he fucking brutally murders that 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 uh that kid in the car. <laughs> it happens very rarely and I think I think certain elements need to be in place if that's where your screenplay is going to go. Yeah. Um like I I think a a, a film that handled it beautifully uh is In Bruges. Oh god, yeah. Yes. In Bruges handles handles that topic very tactfully because the entire movie is suffering the consequences of what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the entire fragile emotional state of your lead character is because he's trying to he's 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 spending the entire film contemplating killing himself because he killed a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the you know the first Last of Us does a great job of that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I, w- I would agree with you though, Cat. That like it it is. I mean, it definitely is a way to turn the audience off, but at least in, like, Assault on Precinct 13, I, I don't think it turned the audience off. But... Yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily... Yeah, like, I could... I could easily see it being maybe, like, an like an old-school audience type thing. Yeah. But, yeah, because, I mean, certainly I've seen a lot of horror movies that, you know, kids die on camera. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's played for drama or grief or horror you know so and i it's never it's never turned me off for it because yeah i understand it's a movie (laughs) yeah it's it's i I think it also just depends on the execution kind of like you know a dog or a pet getting killed yes Uh, yeah because because there are definitely horror movies that will kill dogs where kill dogs or animals where you feel nothing right yeah it's it's like oh yeah the conjuring right is a good example the the first one yeah um, where the the dog gets killed very quickly to kind of establish like oh this house is fucked <laughs> yeah and then um, then there's instances where they they kill a dog and it just or, or a cat and it just the audience is completely lost because it just feels cheap and, and... yes yeah like I mean a really good example of that would be uh, I was watching I want to say the collector mm. the yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I just I just watched the collector. Yeah, I, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Then I'm pretty sure where they they kill the cat. I'm like, pretty sure. I, I'm also gonna level with you. I I skipped out on the last thirty minutes of it because I really didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I I actually ended up bailing on the movie after this part. But yeah, they it was a it's a very like 
Oh, porn heavy. Yes, movie. the the room with like the sticky the, acid. The room with the sticky acid, and the cat yeah. gets caught in it and is yowling. And the the guy who is in the room trying to hide from the killer is like trying to get the cat to shut up. Yeah, and he manages to like get it out of the sticky goo and like put it on the windowsill. But the window is jerry rigged to, to with a like, guillotine, guillotine or some shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just cuts the cat in half. And I was like, cool. And I'm you just out. go like, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and. <laughs> Also, uh, Shape of Water lost me when they killed the cat. I was... we, ne- we need more of, of killing the cat and then people laugh like the Boondock Saints. <laughs> I was going to say Reanimator. Yeah. Which... Reanimator is played for, yeah, Reanimator is very much played for laughs. I, I have a Cat Dead Details Later uh, shirt. Um, I love that scene. It, that scene is great. And it's, it, it's don't so expect it sad. To tango, it has a broken back. <laughs> it, it's so sad, but because it's this comical puppet, I just yeah, can't yeah. help but but laugh. That's just it's just Jeffrey Combs fucking like throwing it over his back. Yeah, it's <laughs> ah, Jesus. So good. Uh but yeah, the or no, sorry. Yeah, it is Shape of Water, right? The one with the fish man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I was already very I was already mildly against the movie because of how rapey it was. Mm-hmm. And then that scene was like, I'm turning it off. <laughs> like, a, you know, because it was, yeah. it, it was just, yeah. I don't know how it won. It won Best Picture, right? Yep. I think so, yeah. It I, sure did. I'm just like, no, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't seen it. Uh, I don't even remember what else came out that year. Usually, like, nine times out of ten for a Best Picture stuff, it's mm-hmm. mostly looks like shit I have, like, minimal to no interest in. And yeah. Kind Except of for avoid. Parasite. Parasite was... Parasite was amazing. Fucking phenomenal. And I was amazed it was nominated for Best Picture, and I was so happy yeah. that it was. And I was yeah. so happy that it won. Yes. Um Actually, it's so funny because I was just um, watching a... Uh, breakdown of like apparently when parasite won there were youtubers or people on twitter who oh yeah were mad about it super because mad. it was a foreign film yeah and you're just like excuse me <laughs> yeah it's you guys know that like american films win at foreign festivals all the fucking time right <laughs> yeah it's it's it was it was a whole stupid ordeal of uh mm. yeah i can't it's, it's nominated for best foreign film why why can it win best picture well it's the same way somebody can some something can win best animated film and win mm-hmm. best picture if if that ever were to happen you know mm-hmm. yeah but, i mean the lion king got nominated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. beauty and the, i think beauty and the beast got nominated too mm-hmm. uh, and that was i think before they had an animated film category yeah i i believe Let's go figure. They're great fucking films. Yeah, right? I, be- I believe the running joke was that the Academy introduced best animated film as a category just so, so they win. just so they could they would have an excuse to not nominate another animated film for best wow. picture. That was the running joke. And then Up yeah. came out and they were like, well, I guess we have to fucking nominate it. I guess we have to. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not getting through award season without nominating Up. <laughs> yeah. They, they already had a huge backlash for snubbing Wally. Yeah. And and good, good. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that was, was so much shit the got day, snubbed that year. The day that an animated picture wins best picture <clears throat> is the day I die happy. <laughs> yeah. 
There, I, it, it I love animation happen. and I want it to be as well regarded as I regard it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've we've had a couple movies just as recently as the past couple of decades that might have had a shot. Spirited Away could have done it. Spirited oh, Away could have done it. Yes, it could have. Um I I your your name probably could have at least mm. gotten nominated, I think, if it got a little more recognition. Um yeah, there's a there's a yeah. lot of really amazing into the uh, into the spider verse of course too like holy I mean, shit i would i would say maybe like paprika or yeah. um you know some of those other like i mean paprika is basically inception yeah so jesus you know and also and we're getting a little away from twin peaks we're, we are we're we're, we're we're winding down or are we <laughs> or are we? Uh, I, I would also say if maybe it had a lot more attention and anime was bigger at the time, uh, Akira probably yeah. could have been nominated. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, for sure. But yeah, I guess, yeah, let's let's say our, our goodbyes. We, we are hitting the two-hour mark about now. Yeah. Perfect. That's uh, the perfect length for our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, final thoughts. I, I would say to anyone, uh, anyone listening who has not spent uh, spent a little time getting to know the series, give Twin Peaks a shot. It is, um, it's a journey. It is a combination of everything that you've heard it is, and nothing like what you've heard it is. Yeah. And it, it will it will leave you both confused and satisfied and aroused. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a little, a little, a little bit. aroused. Half, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely people definitely oversell it and also people definitely undersell it. Mm-hmm. I hope we're selling it just right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've only talked about it for a combined 5 hours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. But guys, did um did we talk about the zombies? So anyway, folks. <laughs> Good night everybody. No, um Yeah. Uh yeah, give 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 Twin Peaks a shot, and like if you're one of these, if you're one of the people like me, and you want to introduce the people, do it. It's a lot of fun, especially like you know, seeing somebody else's reaction who's never experienced it before. Yes. Um, and if if you're somebody like Cat or Lee, and you have that one friend who won't shut the fuck up about Twin Peaks, uh, realize there's a reason why. And I understand your apprehension to not want to see it because they won't shut the fuck up about it. Um, but maybe give it a chance one day. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely skip every single scene that James is in in season two. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> folks, folks, listen. If I, can, if I can get over myself enough to play Resident Evil 4, you all can watch a few episodes of Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you two remind the fine people out there who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, um, so the Attack Cat, um, you know, going to be, haven't haven't really streamed in a while, but going to be probably changing that sooner or later. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that these two have said. Uh, Twin Peaks is definitely worth the watch. Don't let the hype psych you out. Um, just, just, you know, go in. It's a, it's a great experience, especially if you're into more surreal artistic just you know outdoor kind of stuff yeah um yeah James? i'm uh you know 
Saber0307 on Twitch. Uh, I, I stream almost every day. Uh, we got some fun stuff. Good boy. Uh, I got some fun stuff. I'm so tired. I need my coat. Uh, I'm so tired. Get, I'm get so your tired. Coat, James. Uh, I, I stream fairly regularly sometimes with Cat and Lee in Phasmo or other shenanigans. Uh, yeah, and I got I got a lot of shit, a lot of lot of fun stuff planned for the channel. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. And uh, once again, I'm Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. You can catch my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash valleyjester. Or uh, you can check out my website, leealdercreative.com. Currently, we're doing a uh, deep dive down the rabbit hole of a Kingdom Hearts Nostalgia Fest. Currently still playing through the first one, and then we're going to jump right into Chain of Memories. And in the downtime, we're also doing uh, Final Fantasy XIV, working towards endgame content. And uh, so, I guess as a little stinger for everybody, which we kind of teased, uh, Twin Peaks was, uh, was James's gift to Kat and I. And Cat delightfully returned the favor with Erased. And uh, we just finished re-watching the materials that I selected for uh, the next podcast topic. And it will be sort of a combination, uh, you know, uh, how to put it. it, it we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of like a, a, an original sequel showdown when uh, Alien meets Aliens uh, in the arena. Look, Lee, I want to uh, talk aliens. about... Lee, Lee, I, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I want to talk about the bonus situation. We need to discuss the bonus situation. <laughs> uh, Aliens is uh, is one of my three favorite films of all time, and uh, it's what I call my screenplay movie. It, if I, gun to my head, had to choose a script that I think I could write down 99 to 100% of, it would be that one. So that should be a, that should be a fun little topic next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Um, yeah, I guess 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 we'll see you next time with, with Alien and Aliens. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, good night, everybody. And also, hello. Hello. Get fucked. All right. Guys, do you feel like we we did part of this before? <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that song, Lee. <laughs> God, if you think about it, so the first episode that we did was season one, two, and Firewalk with me, and now this one—that's a fucking combined five hours of talking about Twin Peaks. Well, to be fair, we we Jesus. on the first the first episode we did also talk about Snyder Cut. And oh, that's yeah. Kong versus Zello. But, oh, yeah. but, uh, half the podcast was still dedicated to Twin Peaks. It was yep. a three-hour podcast, and an hour and a half of it was was Twin Peaks. Yeah. Damn. Really, we got a lot to say about this show. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, to unpack. This this one yeah. felt really good, guys. This was a good. It felt like we flowed really well together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we had to we had to just keep like 